Hey everybody, it's the Winning for Next Year.com podcast. I'm your host, Craig Lindell, and as promised, I'm back to talk about the Cleveland Indians. But before we get there, and boy, are people upset with me, but before we get there, we are part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Uh, I appreciate all you guys listening to the Dairy Brothers Tribecast uh, in season, um, the Browns Friday Fumble, it, all of the shows on this channel. I, I appreciate it very much. In addition to that, We've got the nail in the coffin. We've got Cleveland and Beyond, Set the Edge, uh, all the other different things that Andy Billman does. So thank you so much for listening. So let's talk about those Indians. People are not happy with me. Um, the, the Cleveland Indians, in case you haven't been keeping up, um, they were on a, a nice win streak. They were doing really well. And then all of a sudden, they ran into the Cincinnati Reds and... For the second time this season, they succumbed to a no-hitter. The The Indians failed to get a hit in a game. They were defeated. Uh, it was also a really ugly final inning of defense that saw the Indians give up the runs, the first runs of the game in the ninth inning. So they lose a, no, a no-hitter. And I went to Twitter, which I probably shouldn't have done, but Twitter, it's, uh, I just said, look, I'm not having fun. This is not fun. And, of course, the first responses I got were all, you know, team's still in first place. Um, and, and I get it. I, I understand. The team is not buried in the standings. They still have a chance to win their division. They have a chance to make the playoffs. I haven't been sold on this Cleveland Indians baseball team all year long. It was not a fun offseason. Um, you can make sense of why they made the moves they made, including trading Lindor and Cookie Carrasco, why they didn't bring back uh, Carlos Santana. You, you can make sense of all of these moves in a vacuum or piece by piece or move by move. But in total, and then combine it with the fact that they choose Bowers over Bobby Bradley, it just, they've got the lowest payroll in all of baseball. And... I'm sorry. I, I just don't appreciate it. I don't think it's been great. It didn't get me excited for the season. I didn't feel like anybody was selling me on the plan. And now I know that they had a nice streak. I, they, they won five um, and they're tied for first or in first in their division, which is, which is great. And no, I didn't crack a mic to come talk about it. I admit it. I admit it. Uh, I don't talk to the Indians very much when they have nice win streaks in May. But when they when they get no hit twice before June, I'm sorry, uh, that doesn't feel good. I think I should talk about that. I think that's exceptional. I think that's more of a blip on the radar than being in first place and winning five games in a row in May, even if even if those wins come against the White Sox and the Royals, who are divisional opponents. And of course, anytime you criticize the Indians, especially on Twitter, it turns into a whole thing because the, the Indians and the Dolans have a, a decent track record of, of putting teams together. And certainly, you know, as I've told you before, I don't care how stable or how, sta how much better the Indians have been over a longer period of time than the Cavaliers or the Browns like that. That's just a, uh, that's, 
what that's a what about a sports what about ism that has absolutely nothing to do with baseball and the Indians. The Indians need to stand on their own. And and yeah, it's nice that they've been the most stable organization in town. It's nice that they have one of the most stable organizations in the sport that they compete in. Um but uh, why why was I supposed to be super excited for this season coming in based on the moves that they made? What 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 is it about their moves stand on their own feet? You know, I I was defensive of a much worse Cavaliers team because yes, it's awkward and yes, they're bad, but I don't know what moves they've left. I I couldn't name a bunch of moves they've left on the table that that caused me. Uh, pain and suffering or worry. You know, they are who they are. The Indians are where they are because they choose to be. They are where they are because some of, some of it's definitely a choice. They choose to have the lowest payroll in the game. I'm not saying that they can have the Yankees or Dodgers payroll. Nobody would ever make that claim. But the idea that what did Carlos Santana take to, to join the Royals this year? Half of what, what he made with the Indians last year. And people will tell me that Carlos Santana is not worth it or that he'd be blocking at bats at first base or they don't need him, you know, between friend Mill Reyes and the Indians younger options at first base. Maybe they don't need Carlos Santana, but a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of you will tell me that the eight or 9 million, I can't remember how much he made, but the eight or nine million for Carlos Santana is too much money, or or, or out of the Indians' range. And I, I'm sorry, but eight or nine million is just kind of like the cost of, of 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 a of a free agent, of a middling free agent. And Carlos Santana is not to us is not just a middling free agent. He he's, but this isn't about Carlos Santana. It's not about any one move. It's about it's not about the Lindor trade. It's about all the moves. It's about all the messaging. And it's about being no hit twice, which I, I'm sorry. I think that's, that's worthy of scorn. And I think it's worthy of me being a little bit irritated and upset. And it's embarrassing. It's more embarrassing than it is good that the Indians won five in a row. I'm sorry. Five in a row in May is fun. In April and May, it's fun. It's good. It's better than the alternative, but it's not as good. It doesn't rate as highly on the good scale as being no hit is negative on the negative scale. So I'm, I brought it up. I brought it up. But people are just so defensive. And, and now I'm using podcast time to talk about people on Twitter. And, and it's not, it's a bunch of people I respect. Obviously, you know, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not talking behind anybody's back or I'm not trying to talk behind anybody's back. Um, and, uh, you know, a couple people pointed out that this is also a wider baseball problem. The, the whole no hitter thing is not unique to the Indians because the, the strikeouts are up. The, the, I've, I've read a lot about the approach that batters are taking lead wide with two strikes and contact rates and, and pitching pitchers who are throwing above at or above a hundred miles an hour. It's, it's pretty insane what's going on in the, in the game. And so I understand when you add all that together, that maybe it does 
make it more likely that no hitters are going to get thrown. But uh, it's just really hard for me as a 42-year-old who has felt about no hitters the way I have for a very long time to, to destigmatize losing in a no-hit effort uh, as quickly as some other people want to explain it away. And again, this is not to bash the people who come up with those things. You're entitled to think about it how you want to think about it. It just feels like every time I criticize the Indians, either somebody points at the Browns or the Cavs, or I'm told that I shouldn't feel the way I feel about them because they, they're in first place early on in the season or they're tied for first place early on in the season. I, I, know, I know that they're tied for first place, and that's better than the alternative, but what about this team makes you feel good about the prospects? What gives you confidence? What makes you look at them and, and say, yeah, this is a team I believe in. I believe in this plan. I think that this is the, this is the team that's going to go to the playoffs and be dangerous. This is the team that, uh, that I want to sell to my fans. And I, I just don't get that sense. I don't, I, I don't feel like I'm being sold a team I want. I'm being sold a team as if I'm a membership of the ownership group. You know, they always try and make me feel like, well, we can't afford it, meaning I'm part of them. And it just, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of feeling like a business partner of the Dolans when I'm not. I'm a customer. I'm a fan. I, I want to love baseball. Um, and I don't think I'm being totally unreasonable. I really don't. And I understand that a lot of you don't want to think about the ownership. You don't want to think about all that stuff while you're trying to watch baseball and be a fan of the Cleveland baseball team. Um, I get it. Uh, it just, I don't know. It really kind of, uh, it really, really bothered me that I, I could make what I thought was a pretty common sense criticism of a team that just got no hit by the Cincinnati Reds. I don't even know the name of the pitcher right now. I'd have to look it up. Um, and here I was, the clapback, the clapback on that criticism seemed a little bit, a little bit defensive. And, you know, I, I guess, uh, I guess I'm viewed as a Indians Twitter outsider. I'm not, I'm not in the, uh, the in group. Um, so I guess that is what it is. It just, so that's what happened. That was, uh, that's the, the thing. We'll see, we'll see what this Indians team can do. I really want to see some changes. I, I never wanted them to break camp with Bauer, um, Jake Bowers. I, I wanted to see Bobby Bradley. I thought he had earned the spot. I thought he showed tons of potential. And you guys know how baseball lineups work. Anytime you bring in one person who not only makes an impact in their own slot, that pays dividends in front and behind them in the lineup. And all of a sudden, one piece can actually improve two or three hitters in a lineup. And that's, that's the nature of baseball, and we all know it. And the Indians have so many dead spots in the lineup right now, so many perceived outs, that it just... It's, it's tough to watch. It's tough to watch, uh, even when they're winning. 
I just don't have any confidence in this team right now. And that's maybe that's a me problem. Maybe by July 4th, when a few more pieces have settled and a few more pieces have been changed out from what we currently are watching in the lineup, maybe I'll feel differently because this starting pitching is fine. Bieber is one of the best pitchers we've ever seen in an Indian's uniform. The bullpen seems really, really solid with tons of potential if they can stay consistent and healthy. There's so much there 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 is so much good about this baseball team. It just feels like they, you know, when I defend the Cavs because I don't know what they could have done differently. I don't I can't name three or four moves that the Indians should have made, but with a payroll like this and an offseason like they had, I can't help but think that they left reps on the table in their sport. You know, it's not the same sport and so if, if we want to compare teams, let's compare a worse team to a team that is in first place, but I honestly think should be even better and should have instilled even more confidence in me through so far this season and even heading into the season. So thanks so much for listening. Make sure you check out Evergreen Podcast. Make sure you check out the other Cleveland sports podcasts associated with Waiting for Next Year. We also have the Waiting for Next Year Discord um, you can find links to that on the waiting for next year, uh, Twitter account, WFNYCLE. The discord channel is awesome. Or the discord server is awesome with tons of channels. We've got, it's a great place to interact with us for us to interact with you. Um, it really brings us together as a community. Uh, and you know what? That was my mistake. My mistake was tweeting. I should have kept it in house in the discord where we can have better conversations. So Thanks so much for listening. Hope you're having a great weekend. Happy Mother's Day. We'll talk to you next time. It's been the waitingfornextyear.com podcast. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.